It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Coming to you from the worldwide headquarters in the middle of nowhere, it's the Jim Day Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to yet another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We hope that you continue to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word that this thing exists and we're going to have another good conversation here today. I invite you to follow along if you would like updates on this piddly little podcast and other things in life and involving Major League Baseball Cincinnati Reds at Jim Day TV on Twitter and Instagram. We invite you to follow along there. Special guest today. They called him the baby faced assassin. He is Danny Graves. Welcome to the Jim Day podcast. This is very exciting. And when you say special guest, do you really mean special guest or do you just say that for everybody? Um, I do a little build up for everyone, nice. but not okay. everyone is the all time saves leader in Reds <laughs> history. The long history of the Reds. Only one guy has the most saves and that's you. So you are special. Oh, I appreciate that introduction then. <laughs> Does uh, how proud are, are you of that? You know, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, since I retired, I've tried to become as humble as I possibly can be um, as a non-athlete anymore. So, you know, it's it's very exciting just for the fact that it's the Reds. And, yeah. and I, you know, not just because I played for the Reds, but any true baseball fan um, for their lifetime understands what the Cincinnati Reds are. Of course, yeah. the big red machine, the oldest team in in, in Major League Baseball, there's so many different um, reasons why the Cincinnati Reds are special, and I was just fortunate enough to to get to play with them for such a long time, and 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 to have that title that you uh, that you just mentioned. Although <laughs> I did think that it was going to be done with when Araldus Chapman was around, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> it was funny when he got traded. People think I had something to do with it to get him traded. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of pull to do that but uh, i had nothing to do with it well well you know i don't have any pull either people think i make the lineup they think <laughs> you know it's your fault if there's a loss. To me about the lineup yeah yeah or the old announcer jinx now that i'm calling games nowadays or the old announcer jinx he shouldn't have said such and such because then he turned around and did that and i'm like well yeah. don't believe in jinxes no me neither very good uh, let's see, you came up, what, 97, is that right? Do I have that right? Well, 1996 with the, the Indians. Indians. Yeah. yeah, so but when I got traded in 97 uh, in July, uh, I went to AAA with the Reds, and then in late August, I got called up to the big league team. Right. So you were there in 99, which was a magical season. Magical. Uh, was that the coolest season that you had, or what? is but, there one that sticks out? Nothing compares to that season in in my opinion and in my career um like i said most of my career was with the reds but 
first couple of years with the Indians, those are some really good teams. Yeah. Uh, one of them actually went to the World Series the year I got traded. Uh, so it was a lot of fun on those teams. But that 99 team, it, to me, is the best team that never made it to the playoffs. Best team in history of baseball that never made yeah, it to the playoffs. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, um, gosh, how much does it stick in your craw about three games in Milwaukee at the end of the season? It makes me want to throw up. It makes me... You just had to win one of the three, right? Uh, two of the three, two actually. Of the three. Two of okay. the three. But at that time, the Brewers were the worst team in baseball. Yeah. And, and they had packed it in uh, a month prior to that last series of the year. And, and they had no business being on the same field as, as we were. And, and they would have told you that, too. They, they were not good. And, um, well, what happened? There's a lot of rain. I know there's a long well, rain. The last day, there was a lot of rain. The, the, yeah. the game that had to be played, there was like a six-hour rain delay. Yeah. Um, and if we had just won the first two games, we wouldn't even have to sit around and play that game. And I think that would have gave us a better chance at that um, the next game that we had to play. Against the Mets, mm-hmm. Al Leiter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, th- that was such a, a – how many – games you win that there 96 96 96 wins in 1999 and you don't go to the playoffs you lose the one game playoff uh but man that you, you look back on, on that year and it really captivated the city that year yeah it was, it was special uh I, I know not only for the players but yeah the city was uh unbelievable that playoff game uh at synergy it was packed. It yeah, was, it's, it, you know, close to 60,000 or whatever. Right. The capacity. And they only had a few hours of notice. Yeah. I mean, tickets went on sale that morning. And, and the weather was terrible yeah. that day, too. It was cold yeah. and it was drizzly. And I mean, it was just amazing to see all them come out and support us. And, and still to this day, when I talk to baseball fans, whenever I'm doing stuff in Cincinnati, they always bring up that 1999 team. And to me, it was the best, the, the best that never made it. Yeah. In 2000, you're an all-star. An all-star in 2004 as well, correct? That is correct. So, two-time all-star. All-time saves leader in Reds history. Now, unfortunately, after 2000, the team went on uh, several years uh, of losing. It was nine straight losing seasons. I know you weren't there the whole time. But even though there were losing seasons, there were some of my favorite Reds teams to cover because you guys had some characters on the team. <laughs> I mean, some big-time characters. And for what I do, it made it so much more interesting. Um, who were some of your favorite guys in those years? Oh, my gosh. Without saying 75% of the team. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and say 75% well, of the you team. You know, Pete Harnish, of course, I— was was one, one of the best, one ever. of the funniest guys ever. Ever, I mean, nothing compares to to Pete keeping a clubhouse uh, nice and loose. But of course, Sean Casey uh, was was great to have around. Um, he was. I know you did a podcast with him. Yeah. That that dude is probably one of the best guys I've ever met. Best guys I've ever been around. Baseball uh, or not, just in right, general, right? Just as yeah. a person, yeah. yeah. Just as a person. Um, and he's legit. He's not a phony. There, I mean, what you hear and what you see is what that's you him. get. That, yeah. That's him all that's the him. time, 24-7. It's funny. People think that he's <laughs> he's got a great act. That's not an act. That's not an act. No, no. but I, I love the guy. I mean, he'll still see you and, you know, like he almost separated my shoulder one time. Give me, you know, how he... <laughs> 
brother. And bam, <laughs> he does, you know, he shakes your hand and nearly, I mean, he nearly takes your shoulder out. Yeah, if you haven't seen him on a oh, regular yeah. basis, oh yeah. boy, watch out. It's like he just hit a walk-off homer because that's how he's celebrating <laughs> yeah. to see you. And, and that's pure genuine. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many great guys uh, on, on those teams, uh, you know, the 99 team, of course, Mike Cameron was awesome. Mm-hmm. Greg Vaughn was was an amazing person to be around. Um, just Marty Brenneman called him the greatest leader he had ever been around in all of his years. Hands down. I, I mean, I, I cannot disagree with that. Greg Vaughn, regardless of how good or bad he was doing, he was the same guy in that clubhouse, and he was the same guy rooting for every player, every pitcher, every day out there. And, and I, I truly believe that – we were that good, obviously, because we had a lot of good players, but we were better than what we should have been, I think, and it was mm-hmm. because of Greg Vaughn's leadership. Yeah, that was uh, a shame that they, I don't want to say they broke up the team, but they changed the team from 99 going forward, and boy, wish you kind of had a do-over on that one. Pete Harnish, um, I mean, I when someone says the name Pete Harnish, I just laugh. And unfortunately, I think about all these antics of him being naked. <laughs> oh, I mean, the, the, him in a batting helmet, in a batting stance and nothing else on. Yeah. And some people might have this vision of, oh, he's an athlete. He probably doesn't look that bad. If you saw Pete with no clothes on, he's full of hair everywhere, all over his chest, all over his back. And he's kind of shaped like SpongeBob, kind of boxy. But I'm telling you, this guy, <laughs> that's how he kept people loose, though. He, he was a guy that always wanted to be naked, that ha- had no business being naked yeah. running around, but he kept everybody loose. He, he would do jumping jacks with soap suds all over him. And I mean, it was just, he would do handstands in yeah. the shower just to make sure that his undercarriage <laughs> was clean. I, I mean, I think Casey was talking about that. I, I, now, obviously, I'm not in the shower, so thank goodness. But yeah, you handstands in the shower. Yeah. yeah. It, Amazing. Like, You'll never erase that from your memory, will you? Never, never. I have nightmares <laughs> still thinking about that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the, he was so he was so great. Um, but he was also one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. Even though his body didn't look like it, he was in the weight room and running more than anybody I've yeah. ever been around. But then he'd go eat a large pizza and say, I'm just playing for the tie. So, <laughs> I had, love that saying. Yes, he had very... <laughs> Very good endurance and cardio, yeah. But it really didn't look like it because he liked to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in spring training. This was back in Sarasota. You had these like cars, these uh, gas-powered uh, little mini cars. Yeah. That I mean, those suckers would go. How fast would those things go? They'd get up to like forty to fifty miles an hour. Yeah. And and they were like legit gas-powered smoke coming out of him and everything and <laughs> you know every off season i always tried to get this new thing that i wanted to do and, and i ran into this these little gas powered rc cars and um so i brought in spring training so then adam dunn got one with me yeah we would literally work on these things at night oh yeah you got like a nascar pit crew oh my it was amazing the the place that we rented um, he's lived in the same neighborhood as me in spring training and we had neighbors come to us and say, those things are too loud. You guys can't do that at night. And it was, well, you it was, built ramps for them at the oh, co- yeah. spring training complex. Oh, it, they yeah. were so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> had big old mud tires. on. Yeah. Them. It was unbelievable. The amount of time that you guys put in because there, there's a lot of time to kill in spring training. Let, let's face it. There's a ton of time to kill. So you got to amuse yourself in some way and keep ourselves out of trouble in some way. Yeah. Which 
you know. That's a whole nother podcast. We, well, no, maybe we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But I, want, I remember, I hope you don't mind me telling you this story. Um, we fly on the team plane. And <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> we're, was it taking off or was it landing? I think it was landing. It was landing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you land the plane and obviously the pilot puts on the brakes and all your, you know, all your weight goes forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden in the aisleway, I see this blur fly past me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Danny Graves. What'd you have? Two magazines below your feet? It, it was the, the cards that the flight attendants yes. read before the flight takes <laughs> off the uh, the safety precautions that you have to go through those really slide on the carpet of the aisle on that airplane so you got in the back of the plane uh-huh. in the aisle and when he hit the brakes you went just flying down like you're skiing yes fly and, and i've or. never skied in my life on water <laughs> or in snow um but it was the most amazing time i had i you tell me i don't remember this but you tell me and marty brenneman tells me that i hit my head on something you bit it i think you crashed into first class where the coaches were yeah you you made it clear (laughs) to first class and then you bit it yeah well i made it far i guess that's that's what i was trying to do i wasn't trying to crash not recommended at home in fact the faa would frown against you yes so please do not this is a chartered plane by the way yeah and that was the last time that i did that because i really at the time i didn't feel bad but the next day i felt guilty because i didn't want people to think that i was that big of a clown and an idiot, even <laughs> though it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That's a good story to tell. But, you know, you're hoping that you didn't. Well, you know what? Um, Danny Graves is out for the season because yeah, he that wouldn't um, have been good. sprained his ankle or broke or some ligaments in his ankle or damaged <laughs> because of a plane incident. What? Did he get hit by a plane? No, didn't get hit by a plane. Um Yes. If there was some, if there, you were a blur, you were flying. I was flying, you know. And if there was an injury, that would have been one of those that we would make up another injury so the public would not know what actually happened. Yeah. Kind of like I the just, guys that tear their ACL playing basketball and they yeah. hurt themselves running on a treadmill. So yeah, we would have had to make. Something oh, it up. scared me. I was just all of a sudden this blur comes flying past me in the aisleway. I'm like, what's going on? Crash. Just, just another way to keep everybody loose, Jim Day. That's all. Oh yeah, no, you guys were a very loose team. In fact. I, every time I have a bad habit now, when we are landing, I'll say, coming in hot. <laughs> it was Griffey in the back of the plane constantly every time because he was interested in being a pilot. He's a pilot now. Uh-huh. Uh, he'd always say, coming in hot, coming in hot. <laughs> so every time we land, I don't know why, I just will scream, coming in hot. Well, but, I'm glad you think of that and not me. Oh no! I think about you. I think about you doing that. I think about you doing that all the time. (laughs) That was one of the greatest moments ever. Might have to pull that on the next road trip here, huh? (laughs) No, I won't do that. Too Uh, old for that. Yeah. No, I I think we'll. How about taking off? You, I mean. Well, I'd have to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you crash back into the players (laughs) in the back, and that's okay though because the coaches and the front office guys wouldn't see it. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, maybe we'll work on that. We'll see. But uh, those were your wilder days. When <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, you have, and I don't know if you want to talk about this. If you don't, just let me know. But you have transformed yourself as a person, have you not? I have. I I, I really have. I'm. I, I would like to say that I'm a much better person uh, now than I than I ever was, uh, especially since I got out of the game mm-hmm. uh, and got remarried. 
there was a lot going on uh, back in those days, and I think just you know a lot of off field, off the field issues that I had um, with my ex wife at the time. Uh, and there was some mental health issues that I was dealing with, which the public never really knew. Um, but it was just, I tried to mask it with you know a lot of drinking, uh, a lot of just messing around and going out and doing whatever I wanted to do and acting like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a lot of that convinced me when I was done playing that that's not the person I need to be anymore. And, uh, and I got remarried and, and I owe just about everything to her, to my new wife for getting my life changed around. Wow. So you were, uh, well, it's a big man to admit. I mean, you know, I am far from perfect. I have certainly made a lot of mistakes in this life, but you actually had mental health issues. Uh, did you seek counseling for that? Did you work it out on your own? When you say mental health, what what do you mean? Yeah, I I, I sought counseling, and and uh, I still go to counseling to this day. Um, so back in two thousand three, that that was obviously a, a terrible year, physically on the mound for me. But going into that, I was already mentally uh, struggling mentally, having some issues with, uh, with depression and anxiety. Um, and I know people are thinking, well, how is a professional athlete that makes a lot of money? What are you depressed about? Well, (laughs) there's a lot to be depressed about. There's, you know, your, your human brain is the human brain. And I I talked about this. In fact, Nick Senzel opened up about the problems that he's had in the past about everyone thinks it's hunky dory. Uh, here he is. He signed as a number two pick overall, uh, millions of dollars to sign. And that was one of the worst times of his life. So it's all relative. It's on right. a different scale. Right. But um, so big time depression for you. And you were trying to mask it with alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was I was masking it uh, with alcohol and, and, you know, going through the depression um, and then having family issues at home and then having a year like I had starting mm-hmm. that, that year when I was four and 15 everything just kind of was like all on top of me all at once. Um, so I masked it with alcohol and buying things. I just wanted to buy things. That was kind of like what made me feel better. I would stay out. That is a bad combination (laughs) for someone that needs to live the rest of their life on what you made in the game of baseball, basically terrible combination. Like it was the worst, like I I shouldn't say the worst. Um, it's just not a good combination to be, Going through issues like that, being drunk a lot, and just spending money left and right, and just buying things. And uh, you know, thankfully, um, I'm still around. I, I remember, like this was yesterday when I in 2007 when uh, I played in Long Island in independent league. You know, I couldn't get a job with any major league team or or organization, so I went up there to play independent ball and. It was even worse, uh, where I was adding some uh, recreational drugs along with the alcohol. And, and I remember, and this might be what changed me at that time, I was so wasted that I laid on the side of the road. I laid down on the side of the road. What? Three o'clock in the morning and just didn't care. Oh, and my goodness. It, yeah, it was, it was not good. And one of the guys on the team, he picked me up. He literally picked me up and... I'm a 200 pound guy at that time, probably 220. He picked me up and carried me back inside. And I realized that like, what the heck was I doing? I wasn't trying to hurt myself, but I just didn't care. I just didn't care where I was sleeping. I didn't care where I was laying. It was awful. 
Um, and looking back at it now, it's like how, how in the world can something like that happen? Yeah. And it's, I can't say that this game did it to me, but when you have mental health issues and, uh, you're going through all this stuff, you cannot hide it. I, I wasn't hiding it with my therapist, but nobody else knew about it. Uh, my teammates didn't know about it. The coaching staff didn't know about it. Uh, my ex-wife at the time knew about it, but that was it. Nobody knew what was going on. And, and to be able to have to go through something like that by yourself with just a therapist is, is not a healthy thing. I mean, you can talk everything you want to talk about to mm. the therapist, but you're only with them once a month for an hour or so at a time. Yeah. What about the other 29 and 30 days? You need to, you need to be able to talk to people. You need to have people in your corner to help you get through these things. And that's what I have now. I, ever since I've retired, I've had that. Now you go more than once a month to counseling. Uh, uh right now it, it's uh, once every three months. So okay. it's, it's so much better now. I'm in a, in a better place. I don't yeah. have to go every month to, right to let it out. Was I, there one moment that, I mean, was it laying on the side of the road? Was yeah. that the night that, or when did you actually make the transformation? That was the night that I decided I can't be drinking and I can't be doing these recreational drugs like this anymore. And just, you know, God works in mysterious ways. We'll never know what he's got planned or why he's doing it. But at that moment, very shortly after that is when I was introduced to my current wife yeah um through through some mutual friends and and you know timing is everything i don't think is a coincidence i don't believe in coincidence i believe god let that happen and i was introduced to my wife and from then on it's been like a 180 wow. totally different and of course there's struggles occasionally but i have i have her and i have people around me that uh help me with my issues now how much did i mean you you dove into your faith as well, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, I always used to think, Jim, that I like I've always believed in God. Mm -hmm. uh, even back before I started really believing, what I would do is I would go out, of course, and drink and do whatever I wanted to do. Then on Sundays I'd go to chapel and I'd think everything's okay. Oh, he he forgives me for all these things that I did. I'm I'm living right now. But obviously now being a true Christian believer, that's, that's not, um, that's not walking with God right. on a daily basis. You know, um, it's not just showing up on Sunday and hearing the word. It's about daily fighting the enemy and the enemy was getting, he was getting me, he was winning for sure. Um, but yeah, b being able to meet my, my wife, uh, she was a Christian, a, a true believer and, um, really got me to understand that, this I'm not going to get through this world if I don't have God. Right. Uh, if if I don't follow Him, if I don't want to learn more on a daily basis, and now, like, it's amazing. I can't wait to hear the Word. I can't wait to to do it. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, our pastor is a very good friend of mine now. His daughter and my daughter went to school uh, together, and just an amazing person. So, yeah, my life has totally changed. I, I'm so much more at peace now with everything. Um, don't have the money that I had when I was playing, but I don't need that. I don't need that money. I don't need all that, that glory and all the, the nice cars and the motorcycles that I had. I'm completely happy with what I'm doing right now in my life. Did you completely 
clean yourself out? I mean, this is a very personal question, but money wise, I mean, how, how bad did that get? Yeah, it's uh, between myself and my ex-wife. A lot of other issues with that, too, where um, a lot of that was funneled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what I made in my career, that's gone. That, that's, that's been gone. But I've still been able to work since I retired mm-hmm. and, and still be able to. And my wife, she's, she's got money, too. Um, when we were married, when we got married, she already had money. So we're both living together now comfortably with what I've been doing and what she's been doing. So, but what I made plan, no, that's, that's long gone. Wow. Yeah. Goodness but, gracious. Yeah. Um, I made $24 million. My, in $24 my million? Yeah. Dollars? yeah. Well, before taxes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. upwards I, of $15 yeah. million. Dollars yeah. Yeah. home or something. You know, uh, and it's, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed about it because I, I did it. You know, it, yeah. it was my doing um, and me allowing my ex-wife to do what she did. So it's it's just one of those things you just you got to live and learn. But when I had all that money and I had all I had a big, huge house, 11,000 square foot house. I had eight cars at one time and eight cars, eight. Wow. And, and then the two motorcycles. And I'm like, oh, this is great. But <laughs> I, I was not happy, not happy yeah. whatsoever. And. You know, before I met my wife and before when I was still trying to hang on and still trying to play, I was going check to check, you know, just trying to live. I lived at, with my mom one off season uh, after I got divorced, just trying to get back on my feet again. And it's just that this is what the world does, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's part of it. Well, I mean, if you believe uh, in the word and you believe in the gospel, um, you know, it says that God uses um, different people in different ways. Right now, can your story? Would you want your story to inspire people? I I haven't heard you talk about this publicly. I don't know if you haven't had the forum. I I, I don't know. Um, but would you like to use it to inspire people? Because there are people that are out there, and you know, I'm not talking about the millions of dollars, but are struggling with depression every day, are struggling with alcohol, with drugs. Um, would you like to inspire people? One hundred percent, and. You, I've never had this platform to do it. I've never been asked. That's why when you asked me this the other day to do this with you and, and you. Well, I kind of had an inkling about it because every time we bring up the past, I mean, now that you're doing radio games and we see each other more often, uh, you know, we bring up those funny times and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> and you yeah. said it enough that I realize, and I, you know, I follow you on social media and I know that you have, you are stronger in your faith. So mm-hmm. I know that you've made some sort of transformation. And we sensed a little bit of it covering the team every day, maybe back there. Not necessarily the depression, but that drinking and spending mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. um, kind of knew a little bit. So I, I kind of had an inkling that something was going on, yeah. but I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about it. I and want, you've never been asked. I'm amazed. Never. I've never been asked. I've never been asked about the issues that I had as a player. I've only been asked, why did you flick somebody off? Why did you flick the crowd off? Which was major, I mean, major news at the time. Sure, of course it was. Uh, but that's the thing, like, when nobody else knows what you're going through, yeah, not even your teammates, right? there's there's no defending what you did, you know, uh, or what I did, I should say. Um, so, but when you asked me to do this, that's that's why, because I, I, I would love 
I would love to be able to talk to people about mental health issues and, and talk to uh, a community about it because there's so many people out there that are struggling with it and something needs to be done. People need to be made more aware that it's okay to, to say that you have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't want to admit it and a lot of people can't afford to, to go see a therapist to, to deal with the mental issues. So if it's me that somebody wants to talk to because they have these issues, I would love to talk to them about it. Absolutely would love to. Depression is real. Um, I've not only experienced it in my family, I've experienced it myself. Maybe not to the level that you have. Um, but it is real. And sometimes you can't fight it off. Um, and sometimes you do need help mm-hmm. um, to fight it off. So how can we get this done? How, how can you... I mean, this story is incredible. I mean, I'm dropping my jaw over what you went through, what you had, what you gave up, which none of which you care about. And you are so happy today mm-hmm. and having gone through that, that you can have people turn the corner. You can affect lives. How can we get this done? I, I, I wish that I had a specific way to tell you to let's get this yeah. done. But if people wanted to contact you or wanted to contact me on social media, wanted to contact the Reds to get in touch with me, I would be happy to give somebody my information and, and, and sit and talk with somebody or help them to get help. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm all about doing that. And like you said, I'm so at peace right now. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to to be able to to talk to people. I'm happy to be able to sit down here and, and have this conversation with yeah. you and and feel freely um, open to do it. You well, know? a lot of people will be ashamed. You're not. You're not. <laughs> not you're not proud of what you've. I mean, not proud of what happened, but you're proud of the man that you are now, right? One hundred percent. I'm I'm so at peace with who I am right now. Uh, it's not even funny. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I wake up in the morning and just thank God that I'm still here. Because it could have been a lot worse. It could have been really ugly. But I'm so extremely at peace right now. It's 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 ridiculous. And compared to what I was as a player, yeah. I, I mean, if I had the same uh, the same help now and the same thought process and mentality that I had now that when I was playing, yeah. <laughs> I would have been really good. <laughs> you know, I, I I think I would have been able to help this team even more. Is than that I did. your biggest regret? I, or one of them that I mean, you were you were a really good pitcher. I mean, you were you were really good. Well, but you could have been better. You're saying? Yes, I feel like I could have. Yeah. Uh, I I started to take things for granted. I, I felt like um, I was good enough instead mm-hmm. of trying to get better. Um, I the, I don't regret that. This it's a lesson learned. Then now, if I'm able to to tell one of these young kids, whether it's the Reds or somebody coming up in the minor leagues, if if I can tell them my story and how I would suggest mm-hmm. this is how you go about your off the field life and, and preparing yourself to play major league baseball, I would love to, to be able to do that. What I regret is not being a better father when I was that player to, to my three grown up children now. So, and that's something that uh, I struggle with uh, a lot because I, I don't have a good relationship with them. Um, and they live in Florida, so it's, it's definitely tough. I live in Texas um, but there was a lot of stuff that happened when they were growing up that they had to see, unfortunately, yeah. with me. So wow, that's that's uh, that's got to be tough. I mean, it's, it's very tough. It's very tough, and, and unfortunately, like they see 
how my life is now. And then I have a couple kids at home, younger ones. And, uh, I sometimes feel guilty that I wasn't there to do with them what I'm doing now with my family, uh, that I have now. But unfortunately I was playing at the time, but mm-hmm. still, I think there was things I, I could have done and should have done during the off season with my, my children. Do you think you can mend those relationships going forward? Is that something you're hopeful to do? I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can. You know, they'll still, I still talk to them. And Mm -hmm. I saw them a couple months ago. Um, So we still have a little bit of that amicable relationship, but it's not like what a father and son should have. Yeah. Well, they have, um, at least they used to. I don't know if they still do the rookie symposium for rookie players or. There's got to be something that you can do with Major League Baseball to talk to young players about, this is what I did, and don't go down this road. Or if you think you're depressed right now, Mm -hmm. talk to someone. And beyond that, there's only so many professional baseball players, but there's thousands of people in the public that are Reds fans or baseball fans or anyone that is just a Christian that you could touch. I'm just sitting here brainstorming as we speak here that if someone is listening right now and needs to help and needs to reach out to someone and you're willing to listen and talk, there's got to be a way we can. Is there an email address we can drop on some people? Yeah. Dgravy32 at AOL.com. You can go to my Twitter or Instagram. It's Dgravy32. I mean, I, I, I answer just about everybody mm-hmm. that tweets me or sends me a message on Instagram. Um, I have no problem like reacting right. or responding to people that do that on social media. I, I try to answer everybody. Um, so if somebody needs to talk, I absolutely would be interested in that. If they'd rather uh, get a hold of you, I mean, you yeah. know how to get a hold of me. So oh, yeah. no. I, I think there's so many different ways that we can make this happen if people were interested. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I need to, uh, George Grant has done a lot of work with, USA Baseball mm-hmm. and Major League Baseball. There's somehow we need to get you in touch with the league. Well, I, I know that if you're willing to talk to young players, and there's no reason why you shouldn't. Well, I've I know that the the player association does a lot with that yeah. the rookie symposium, and mm-hmm. and I talked to them in the past that if they needed anybody to speak to young guys about not necessarily about depression or. or it was basically talking about the finances I yeah. wanted to talk to them about. Um, but they said they would let me know if they needed something. So maybe I should have mentioned to them the mental health stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure they know your complete story. They don't. Uh, no, well, now well, people are going to know. Now people do. Um, no. So, no, if, you, if you're not ashamed of it, we need to get it out there. Um, and, Wow, I'm in, I'm inspired just by sitting here. I knew a little bit of it, but I didn't know to this impact. I didn't know how deep it was with you. I, I had no idea that you were laying on the side of the road at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you were having trouble with alcohol and drugs and deep depression. Uh, I didn't know you blew through all that money, like all of it. Um, it's incredible because you're one of the happiest guys I've been around <laughs> nowadays. It's like you would never know if, if someone didn't know your past, they would have no idea that you went through that. Well, that's, that's how happy I am now, Jim. That, yeah. That's like, that's the kind of person that I am. That's what I feel. This is what I was supposed to be. And people tell me that I was a nice guy before, but they didn't see me all the time. You know, I, yeah. not that I was not that I was a mean guy, but I was, it was a show. Yeah. For me, it was just a big show um, just to try to cover everything up, 
you know, and, and now I'm at just such a different point in my life and I, I'm still confident in who I am. Uh, but I try to be humbly confident, you know? Uh, so this is me now. This is the real me. I, I think this is who I was supposed to be back then. So you would probably, I mean, you're, you seem to be so in control of it now that you could sit down and have a beer with people. Right. And not, not like get drunk. Right. Or not be able to, no problem with that. I mean, I'll go sit and have a beer and just talk with, with anybody and uh, might turn into two or three, but I'm not going to sit there and get drunk. I I can't even tell you the last time I was drunk. Like it's, it's been. And drugs just out of the question. Way out of the question. I, and, and tobacco that that's gone too. I I quit. Used to dip. I used to dip. I dipped for 20 years, Copenhagen. And, uh, I just quit that cold Turkey. Just prayed for God to take it from me. And the next day it was gone. And I never, like, I've never had any issues. Like, you know, people have these nicotine withdrawals and, I might have one or two a year, but it's yeah. nothing like what people say, you know, how hard it is to stop smoking or, or chewing. Right. Wow. Um, so now you're living in San Antonio, right? San Antonio. Yep. Wife and a couple of youngsters. Yep. A 14 year old uh, stepdaughter and a four year old son that we adopted mm-hmm. uh, when he was born. And I hate to really backtrack here, but are you still the only Vietnam a player that was born in Vietnam to make it to the major league. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it was your mom that was Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So the first and only uh, Vietnamese born player. And I don't see any coming anytime soon either. Cause <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to play baseball over there, yeah. which is great. Uh, and I actually went over there with, um, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you been back in 2006? I went back with the Vietnam veterans Memorial fund mm-hmm. and HBO real sports. Bryant Gumble went with us and we did a big story. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. I remember. Yeah. And we went back to try to teach baseball, develop baseball at the universities and the schools there. And we were also there to help fund, um, this mission that they were still finding live ordinances there. There was 900,000 tons of live ammunition, live ordinances from the missiles and right. stuff from the war that were still active. So there was like the, the field that we built, um, the first field in Vietnam we built, they, they had to clear that out. There was a ton of mines that were still live. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that they had to actually blow up before we built the field. Um, we went to visit this village and there's a guy's house, probably as big as this room we're in right now, which is about, I'd say, 30, 30 by 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a brick house. And the week before we got there, uh, a rocket blew up from underneath his home. Oh, man. And totally demolished his house. And one of the, the people that were with us on this tour offered to buy him a new house. And it cost $2,000 to build. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy over there. It's a beautiful country. Um, my mom actually took my son, my oldest son there just a few months ago, Really, took him back and, uh, just to, to see what was going on and they're still yeah. trying to play baseball over there, but it's a beautiful country. Um, there was a lot happening. I went to see the, the apartment that I lived in when I was a year old, oh, really? when I was a baby. Um, a lady tried to give her baby to us to take home, like just because they knew that the baby would have a better life in America. And so many That is incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you could look at it as a complete sacrifice that this mother wants this baby to have a great life, but 
I mean, how would you, how do you give up your baby like that? So, wow. Oh my goodness. Gracious. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very glad that I went. It was an amazing trip. Uh, but like I said, I don't see any major league yeah. talent coming out well, of there anytime soon. Do you soon. see yourself doing some, um, going on some Christian missions or any type of that? Or how deeply involved are you with your church? Um, so I, I think at the, when our kids get older, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. Just right now, our schedules are so crazy. Me oh, yeah. traveling to do this radio uh, once a month, and then my 14-year-old stepdaughter plays softball. Oh, yeah. Four-year-old son is like all over the place. He wants- so you're deep in it. You're true. You're the true dad now. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, well, he brings a smile to your face. I can see. I know. Proud dad. I, I love it. I love it because the, I have a relationship with with yeah. these kids at home, and my my four-year-old doesn't matter what I'm doing. He wants. He's my shadow. Like he wants to do everything with me. Um, mowing the grass. He wants to follow me around with his little toy tractor. We got him a little John Deere that he drives around. So he follows me and oh, yeah. like, he actually thinks he's cutting the grass. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, that's good because when he can actually cut the grass and you can f- switch places, he better want to still cut the grass. <laughs> yeah. When he gets yeah. a little older, he better want to do it because dad'll be too old for that. All right. Now I want to drop this email address in your social media on you because the, I hope this story spreads and I hope this podcast spreads and that there's some doers and shakers out there that whether you're involved with the foundation, whether you want to start a foundation, whether you want to start a mentoring program, there's people out there that probably have the means and have done, been there, done that, and would like to give back and touch people because, hey, I'm sitting here, you need to talk to people because you can inspire people from what you've you've been through. So what's the email address? It, it is dgravy32 at aol.com. So dgravy32 at aol.com. And the social media on Twitter and Instagram is dgravy32. Um, I would love to, to help people with these issues, Jim. Uh, you know, like I said, I've never been asked. I knew this. Thing. Well, I didn't mean to be Debbie Downer, but I'm I'm hey. so glad I asked now. I mean, I'm really, I'm so glad I asked. I am too. I am too. You asked me to do this and you said it's coming up here at a certain time too early. Yeah. Never too early to talk about this. I feel like this is something that I've needed to talk about, but yeah. I've just never had the platform. And it's not, I can't do it during the game. I can't <laughs> no, <laughs> on the no. radio go talk about yeah. uh, my mental health issues. But so uh, this literally is the first opportunity I've had. And, and I appreciate you letting me use your platform to do this. I, I, I want people to know, I want people to know that there's help out there. Yeah. You know, especially the young kids that are dealing with this and the kids that are dealing with, uh, depression because of what they're going on, what's going on in their family, what's going on at school, whatever it there's, may be. Yeah. There's a, uh, it seems, I don't know if there's much more attention on it nowadays because of the internet or social media, but there seems to be a lot more depression amongst the youth. Mm-hmm. Suicides seem to be up. I don't know the numbers. I'm just going on what I, I, I guess the perception that I have, um, that there are a lot more people that are dealing with depression um, and a lot more people are getting diagnosed with it, I guess you, you could say as well. Um, and it is very, very real. And trust me when I say that, that it's very, very real. So I, I'm, man, I'm proud of you for telling the story. I really am. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm just proud to be able to do it. And, and I'm grateful that you asked me to, to do this so that I could share that. And I don't want you to be feeling down and Debbie Downer. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, 
that's how happy I'm right now. I, I have no shame, uh, no regrets about it. This is it's who I am and it's who I was, and I'm just I'm not that person. Yeah. Well, so, no, I can tell. Believe me, yeah. this guy's happy go lucky now. Um, you have inspired me. I hope you will inspire others. And again, um, reach out to Danny if you're you're listening right now and you're going through similar things. Uh, there are people that want to help. And I hope that this is the start of something much, much bigger to help people. I really do. Me do. Me too. I, I really do too. Thank All right, you. man. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. All right, Jim. Anytime. Danny Graves. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say right now. I'm I'm uh, I'm actually uh, I'm actually stunned in, in in a very very good way though. I I am proud of uh, someone that I, I call a friend and colleague, and that's Danny Grapes. Um, hope you've enjoyed the conversation, and hope you will reach out if you're one of those people that are struggling. Uh, once again, you can get in touch with me as well on social media. I'm at Jim Day TV on Twitter and Instagram. And um, we thank you very much for listening to the Jim Day podcast. And we will we're going to revisit this somewhere down the road. I want I need to be able to check back in with you, by hey, the way. Anytime, man. Even if you just need a fill in, I'll come in and fill in and we'll just we'll just shoot the breeze <laughs> yeah. for an hour. No, I, I think this is something that needs to be addressed and we need to check back in on this. And I hope that when we do check back in, you're like, yeah, I, a lot of people reached out and I've been able to help a lot of people. I really hope that 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 is what comes from. This. And, and just to let everybody know, too, real quick, that I believe in the HIPAA laws, so what what is said to me is not going to be said yeah. in public about uh, Absolutely. no names will be tossed out there so um 100% confidentiality yeah yeah well i appreciate it my friend um you're a uh, a very very proud man and a big man uh for for talking about this all right uh we'll catch you on down the road everyone once again thanks for joining us here on the gym day podcast we'll see you next time <laughs>